I called Phil up and I was like, look, I don't know. I think this can't really happen. Stuff happened with you. Tiger didn't make the cut. A week or two weeks later, the British Open happened. Actually, a month later, the British Open happened. And Tiger Woods gets into the hunt at the British Open. And all of a sudden, the world is like excited about Tiger Woods. And I go, Phil, our idea is huge. Who cares that we don't have that $12 million? Tiger doesn't know we don't have the $12 million in the bank. We still have his contract. Like, if he's into doing it, let's figure this out. He goes, okay. I go, why don't we, you know, like do something with the press, like put in the press that we were going to do this $12 million match and like ESPN is interested in it. Let's see what happens. So we leaked it to the press and the press went absolutely bananas. They're like, oh my God, that's the greatest thing in the world. What the hell, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I got it. So I knew this guy named David Levy at the time he was running Turner Sports. So I called David Levy up and I go, oh, I go, I got this. I got Tiger Phil under contract. I want them to play for $10 million. What do you think? He goes, I want to buy that. I want to buy that. All of a sudden, my investor calls back and he's like, I want back in. I want back in. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm doing this with uh, Turner. And I sold it to Turner. The rest is history. everybody, welcome back to the World Famous Bar 3 Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen Malvin. We have my man, J.R. Smith, Ben Baller. And today, one of the biggest legends in the golf world, Los Angeles is finest, my man, Brian Zuroff. Bring him in, guys. Hey, he's from LA. That's what's up, yeah, right? Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate what it. What part of LA are you from? Brentwood. Okay. Right near OJ. Okay. <laughs> You remember when that street was closed off for so goddamn long? You're driving on Sunset. You're like, God damn. I swear to I live literally like a block away from his house. And I remember that when I first came to LA when that happened. Because I remember I used to date a girl in Mandeville Canyon, which is like, you know, the next yeah, light. Yeah, the next, yeah. You're like, God damn, bro. You said that street was closed off. It was, it was crazy. Yeah, it's kind of nuts. They even changed the number. They don't have the same number on the house anymore. Oh, they did? Yeah, they got so sick of people driving by and like stopping at the house. I think they retired the number. That's pretty good. You got, you got to do something pretty bad to retire <laughs> number of the house. Anyway. So let's get into it, man. How does it. it feel being in Las Vegas for an event that you created at the win? Honestly, it feels fucking amazing. Got to. <laughs> I swear to God I would live here. I mean, there's everything to do here. Yeah. You got restaurants, you got entertainment. gyms, you got entertainment, you got golf, you Great got golf. gambling, you got Women, I mean, you got it all right. here. Yeah, I mean, all. there's nothing, there's nothing uh, that one can do. Um, you know, it's all at your fingertips. It's definitely so, adult playground. How did the idea of the match even come to you? And like, you know, like, and how'd you get it started? Well, when I was a kid, I used to love the Skins game, and my grandparents would take me to Palm Springs, and we'd go to Palm Springs during Thanksgiving, and there was the Skins game in Palm Springs. I was like. That's fucking amazing. I, I want to go see that. I was like, you get to watch Jack, Arnie, all the big names in golf. I don't get it. That should be bigger than like the tour. My right? dad would watch like regular events, like the Westchester Classic. I'm like, I don't know who those guys are. So that always stuck in my head, that skins game thing. And so I got into show business. I started making television shows and movies. And I'm a member of Riviera Country Club. So I played a lot of golf. Golf was my passion. And I got to know Phil Mickelson. And 
we've spent about four years playing golf together and having a great time. And I literally had a dream one day. And uh, I woke up in the middle of the dream when Tiger had come back on tour and Phil had just won in Mexico. And I was like, oh my God, what if Tiger played Phil heads up for $10 million? That would be huge. So I called him up and I said, dude, I got an idea. And he goes, what do you mean you got an idea? I go, just stay where you are. I'm coming to see you. I literally got in my car and drove down to San Diego and met him at the bridges. And I said, Phil, I'm telling you, this is the best idea I've ever had. I'm going to set up a game. I'm going to sell it to television and you're going to play Tiger Woods heads up for $10 million. He goes, if you can do that, I'm on. So I was like, you're in? He goes, it's that easy? He goes, yeah. And I'll call Tiger right now. So I said, okay, give me a second. I got on the phone with my agent who was working at CA at the time. And I was like, what do you think? He goes, that's, that's genius. I mean, you really have Phil and you think you can get Tiger? I go, yeah, I think I can. So I called Phil back up. I go, my agent loves it. We think we can sell this. So I called a couple of friends of mine and I said, I got this idea, but in order for me to get Tiger, I really need the money. I got to like show that I can produce this. So I called a friend of mine named Reagan Silber at the time. And he, you know, successful golf enthusiast. And he said, I love this. And I said, well, in order for me to get Tiger to sign the contract, I need $12 million in a bank because I need 10 million to pay him and 2 million to produce it. So we drew up a contract and he put $10 million in a bank, actually $12 million in the bank. I showed it to Tiger and I got his contract. So I had a shopping agreement with Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson for a year and I had money in escrow that I was able to, to produce the event. Right. That's literally how it happened. Damn. Damn. Unbelievable. And, and the first one came out during COVID here? No, actually, that was the second one. So the first one was before COVID. It was in 2018. So we were actually negotiating with ESPN. So I had the $12 million and I wanted to do ESPN to be the distributor and do a pay-per-view model through ESPN, similar to like the USA is doing. Um, but we started negotiating with you with ESPN and they were actually negotiating with the UFC at the same time. And when they closed the UFC deal, they were like, nah, we're not, we're not interested in your golf thing. So now I had this $12 million in the bank. I had Tiger Woods contract and I had Phil Mickelson's contract and I was depressed. <laughs> I was like, what am I going to do? The U S open happens. It was at Shinnecock in 2018. Phil does like the crazy five putt, Tiger misses the cut and my investor calls me. I had his money until January. He calls me and goes, BZ, this deal is, is, you know, not good anymore. And I'm like, are you serious? He goes, yeah. Like, I know I told you I'd keep the money, you know, till January, but like, sorry, bro. Like I want my 12 million bucks back. So that Monday I wired him his $12 million back. I called Phil up and I was like, look, I don't know. I think this can't really happen. Stuff happened with you. Tiger didn't make the cut. A week or two weeks later, the British Open happened. Actually, a month later, the British Open happened. And Tiger Woods gets into the hunt at the British Open. And all of a sudden, the world is like excited about Tiger Woods. And I go, Phil, our idea is huge. Who cares if we don't have that $12 million? Tiger doesn't know we don't have the $12 million in the bank. We still have his contract. Like, if he's into doing it, let's figure this out. He goes, okay. I go, why don't we 
you know, like do something with the press, like put in the press that we were going to do this $12 million match and like ESPN is interested in it. Let's see what happens. So we leaked it to the press and the press went absolutely bananas. They're like, oh my God, that's the greatest thing in the world. What the hell? Blah, blah, blah. I was like, I got it. So I knew this guy named David Levy at the time he was running Turner Sports. So I called David Levy up and I go, oh, I go, I got this. I got Tiger Phil under contract. I want them to play for $10 million. What do you think? He goes, I want to buy that. I want to buy that. All of a sudden, my investor calls back and he's like, I want back in. I want back in. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm doing this with uh, Turner. And I sold it to Turner. The rest is history. Damn. Fucking gangster. That's tough. I mean, no that's the deal. story. That's exactly what happened. That's tough. Damn. So, um, what was, so the first one was in 18. When was the second one? In, in the second one. Okay. So the first one was 18. You know, we had some kinks. You know, it's like if you do anything for a first time, it's really hard. Yeah. Because you don't know what works. You don't know what's, what, what's really going to happen. Are they going to talk? Are they not going to talk? As big of a star Tiger is, he's not necessarily like the most charismatic person on the golf course. And so it was a little awkward, but it worked in a way because it was so big and created so much attention. But we did it as a pay-per-view and the pay-per-view broke down and it was the kind of thing that we would have made a lot of money on the pay-per-view side, but it didn't happen. But we really couldn't do another pay-per-view because that was like the big pay-per-view moment. So then I was at Riviera and I was like, I'm still going to keep going with this idea. I got to like, you know, figure something else out. So I saw Tom Brady at the range at Riviera and it hit me. What if I do Monday night golf? And I walked up to Tom on the range at Riviera and I said, hey, you know, I'm Brian Zeroff. I produced Ray Donovan. I also did the match with Phil. He goes, oh, I love Phil. And I go, listen, I, I, I want to do another one. And I'm thinking about putting football players in it. He goes, would you be interested? If I partnered you up with Phil, would you play like Tiger and somebody? And he goes, yeah. Why don't I play Tiger and Peyton? Great. I loved it. I go, who's your agent? He goes, this guy, Jason Hodes at William Morris. I go, fine. I know Jason. I'll call him up. So I called up Jason. I go, look, I want to do this thing, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, all right, I love that idea. What do you think? And I go, well, let's put it together. So we called up Jack Nicholas, And the idea was to do Monday Night Golf at the Memorial Tournament in May. And do it on a Monday because you'd have all the production stuff set up. So we could come in. We could slide our cameras in. We could save a bunch of money. We were going to, do a, we were going to raise a bunch of money for Jack's children's charities. And we were calling it Monday Night Golf. COVID happened. Mm. Everything shut down. I was completely depressed. I was like on my couch. I'm talking to Phil every day. We're like, we're doing this Monday Night Golf. I can't believe it's over. This is insane. Like, this would be huge. I had another dream. I woke up in the middle of the night and said, COVID, fuck it. We're golf. Like, we can do this. So I called Jeff Zucker up at the time. David Levy, who had done the previous match with the Turner, had left Turner Sports, but now a guy named Jeff Zucker was in charge of Turner Sports. And Jeff was a real pioneer, a forward-thinking guy, believed in producers, believed in big ideas. And I said, Jeff, I want to be the first sporting event up. I'm telling you we can do this. And I'm going to get the guys to do it for nothing, and we're going to give all the money to charity, and it's going to be freaking unbelievable. And he goes, if you can pull that off, we're in. 
So Phil and I literally went into hyper mode. We got Brady on the phone. We got Tiger on the phone. We got Peyton on the phone. We all started texting each other. We we're like, this is going to be unbelievable because we're all bored. Yeah, I mean, we're right. literally sitting at home with yeah. nothing to do. And now we're going to produce a fucking golf match. Like I had these big <laughs> athletes with nothing to do. Like now just to get, you know, them to show up at a podcast is impossible. Sure. But, you know, them, I could move them around because nobody had anything to do. And these are guys that want to do something. 100%. So we put that together. And it was the highest rated golf cable event in television history. Wow. We raised $20 million for COVID relief. And it just took the franchise to another level. And that's when Steph reached out to me and said, I want to be in the next one. Yeah. And that's, that's where it started. Oh, that's exactly what happened. And so you can imagine <laughs> how hard it is to get anything done with Tiger. So, I mean, the fact that we were able to do that, it, you know, it was a real testament to Phil. He, he, he was really important in building this franchise with me from, from day one. Really had a big passion for it. That's dope to have guys, especially, I mean, obviously the two of the most influential in the game and in, in, in the males aspect of it. But to have them like so hands-on and to work so close with them, that had to be dope. It was thrilling. Sidebar. Ray Donovan is one of my favorite shows ever. <laughs> I heard that too, by the way. I didn't want to, you know. And, and Dash... Me and Dash know each other for 20-something oh, plus years. He's year. awesome. I cast Dash. I fought for Dash to be in that show. I'll tell yeah. you that. I was in the room. The, the head of the network didn't want to hire him, and I was like, no, this is the guy. I remember that love moment. that show. Yeah, thank you. So, like, what do you love about creating live, you know, events versus, like, television production, you know, shows? I prefer live events now. Way more thrilling. It, television is, is, happens in a room with writers. Right. Um, and it's tedious. And it's, 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 it's hours of hours of hours of brain power where you don't know what's going to happen. Live events is action and I'm an action guy. So and it writes uh, itself, right? Like and it's, it's, yeah. And you don't know what the ending's going to be. So, um, you know, who knows what's going to happen this week, but I know it's going to be fun when you're doing television and you're writing a script and you're putting it out and they produce it and they make it and then people criticize it. You, you, you get really sensitive. So um, yeah. it's, it's just a different, it's a different feeling. Uh, but I'm really happy that I broke into live sports. So what's your golf game like? I'm, a, I'm an 11 handicap, but I'll, I'll, you know, I can get it around. He's an 11 that can play at a uh -huh. six. If no, I'm not a hustler. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a good Jewish kid from New York City. I'm not a hustler. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your wife out there? That's my wife yeah. there, yeah. Hi, wife. There she go. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of your son's. Jasper. Yes. And yeah, he it, loves Jasper. Yeah. And he, uh, my friend is James, Jimmy. Yeah, James and Katia, yeah. they're best friends. Yeah. And, and he I loves your clothes. Yeah. My son is obsessed with your clothes. Oh and you guys send it to him and he wears it everywhere. He's he's a big ambassador of your brand. Yes, he's the best having you, him out you, at Riv. You know why he realized, because my son's like a gamer. He's a cool dude. He like skateboards and stuff. Like he relates to that within golf. Yeah. He, he, he doesn't relate. And I think that's where, where golf is starting to change. And, and that's the, one of the things that I think I've been a part of is making golf more fun, more accessible. They all talk about growing the game. I actually think what we do is we actually grow the game because you get to see people like Steph Curry, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey um, go play. These are, these are idols to these kids. And they're doing something that... They might not have been exposed to. And also, 
where can you spend four hours talking to people? I know I'm coming in here and talking with you guys, but when we leave here, we go on our phones, we start texting, we start yeah. getting into that cyber world. Golf is really where you find out who people are, you find out their character, and it's hard for kids to do that. And so what you're doing by making it cool with the clothes and stuff like that makes it easier for them to get into it. And that enables them to have this experience, which I think is really important, which I think is why golf is growing because of what's happening in technology, that this is the one great escape from all of our um, obsessions with our phones. Right, right. How did uh, the Rory Tiger, Justin uh, and Jordan, like a uh, matchup happen? I, that was honestly a matchup that happened because Tiger was willing to do it if you want me to be honest. Right. I mean, you get Tiger to do something. And at the time, Live It happened. And, you know, we were working with the PGA Tour. And so Tiger was excited to show off the stars of the PGA Tour. Nice. It was good. I watched it. You know what I mean? It was... It was, it was under the lights. We did something different. That was cool. And I liked the way that, you know, Tiger was messing with them. He was trying to put the golf cart to block, the, you know, the, the light yeah. of the shot. It was pretty funny. I thought it was a... I was rooting for Tiger and obviously Rory too, but you know, it's yeah, Tiger. Tiger is just it's 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 interesting to be around him. Hmm. But when he says yes and you you get him to you know swing a club, you're turning on the TV, and nobody else moves the needle like him in golf. No, it's it's sure. pretty simple to me because I'm more competitive in this. I'm not going to say more competitive because I feel like golf in, but it's just different when you put guys head-to-head -head opposed to just the field. Where do you feel like this could go for the game? Meaning like we're... Like just more head-to-head -head competitions or like more skins game type uh, TV I think it could grow. To I mean, I think we could do live versus PGA. I mean, wow. I, think, I think we could be... I think, I think our brand represents, has a charitable component to it. We've established that. I think we're... we're our stars... Get to, you get to spend time inside their heads with our cameras. Yeah. And if you think about the what's happened in television right now, if you watch the PGA Tour and CBS, they do the mics in the air. Well, we did that first. Right. I'm not mad. Like, we're happy. That means we did something good. When people copy you, you should be happy. That 100%. means what you did was, was something that was innovative. Right. And people try and make it better, or people just are doing what you did and it's it's proof of concept. I mean, it makes me feel proud that we've taken chances and now the big networks are also doing the same thing that we were doing. So, but, you know, I, I just thought about something right now. Like, do you ever worry about maybe like, you know, they have these kids now who have like 30, 100 million followers on social media and they're just, they have such a mat, like even my kids are such big gamers and they, they watch YouTube all the time and whatever. How would you feel like if like, I don't know, some random dude, like not like Jake Paul, but someone of that, in, in, in sports was like, look, I'm going to get the biggest gamer and then get like the biggest YouTube star play a golf match with each other. Like, you know, stuff like that. I like, mean, I think it works. It just depends on what distribution channel you're doing it with. Yeah, if it's you know, sellable to TV yeah, opposed to streaming. Exactly. Like, like, I'm that. a TV guy. So am I. And Capital One's our sponsor. And it's, it's a very commercial brand. Um, you know, we have AT&T, Capital One, Apple. Um, so it's just where we appeal, this is the way I look at it. If you go watch the American Century event, and no offense, I think it's an amazing event, but you're seeing a field of 50 guys. 
there's only three people people want to watch. Yeah, true. I mean, it's just a fact. I mean, and I get it. Everybody's had great moments. I'm not that big of a producer or that big of a guy. I'm not like sitting out, you know, but I'm saying that when you turn on the TV, you want to see Tiger Woods, you want to see Steph Curry, you want to see Phil Mickelson, you want to see big stars. So let's just cut to the big stars. I mean, that is a bit of the problem with our world today is that, you know, we we are so star-driven. Have you ever thought about maybe trying to get out of Michael Jordan or somebody or like Drake? Of course. Okay. So talk about it, man. Tell me. Like, I mean, you-, you played with Michael. I mean. Man, that's a, that's a pay cut for Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Mike is... Mike is, I think Mike likes, to, he likes too much action. And if, if, you, if you give him just a, a individual match to focus on, his ADD will start kicking in somewhere. And Michael just wants to live his life. Yeah. Michael is happy with his club, playing with his friends. Yeah. He's, he's did it all. You know, he did these celebrity games back in the day. But for him, with the money he makes at Nike and the stuff that he does, he's happy. Right. He playing seven, eight, nine sums in the group. He plays <laughs> just, 36 holes a day. For sure. Yeah. And has a lesson before. But believe me, if Michael Jordan said he wanted to do it, we'd shoot the cameras tomorrow. <laughs> Set it up. What about yeah. like, no, but I mean like, what about famous musicians and rappers? Be interested in that or not? It just depends on what the matchup is. Our best matchups always have something where there's a rivalry. Yeah. You know, and listen, not all of them, all of our matchups have worked. I mean, I'm, I'm honest about it, but we try and find something that makes it personal. Because if you don't have a personal connection, you just say this against that. You know, right now we have two teams with two teammates who have both played on their teams only. If you look at all four of these guys, the two guys have played with Golden State their entire career, and these two guys have played with Kansas City their whole career. And been successful. Exactly. They've won multiple championships. They're the biggest in their sport. Um, and you know, with Travis having such a big personality and Patrick's been on our show before he, you know, drinks beers and has fun and Steph wants to redeem himself. Steph is embarrassed about what happened to him against Barkley and Phil, but a little bit, I mean, Steph, we kind of like bamboozled him a little bit when he got up there. He had no idea how hard that golf course was. And, you know, Phil set him up pretty good. So, you talking about or are you talking about? No, when we did this, uh, we did it in Arizona. We did a match called Champions for Charity in Arizona when Peyton Manning and uh, Steph Curry played Charles Barkley and Phil Mickelson. Mm. And Phil was able to carry Charles. God damn. Yeah, Phil carried. Well, the way he set up the tees and he, you know, he kind of bamboozled Steph. So Steph's coming out for revenge today and to show the world how good he is in golf. And he is, he is fucking sick. What, what course was it in Arizona? Um, it was Phil's course. Uh, oh God. Silver Leaf? Windy ass Silver Leaf. No, what the hell is it called? Jason. Stone Canyon. Stone Canyon. Stone, Stone Canyon. Canyon. So let me ask you, man, what, what would be your all time goat dream matchup? If it could be anybody and they're going to sign it regardless, what would be the goat matchup that you want to manifest out in the universe right now? Something with Michael. I mean, you know, if you could land Michael to do something like this it would be pretty special. If you had Michael and Tiger, the goat edition. And you put like Wayne Gretzky and you know somebody else. No, he's a rivalry. Put 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 Scottie Pippen. You gotta put you, yeah. nah, you gotta put Brady and uh, yeah. If you put Brady and Wayne, Jeter, Wayne yeah. and Michael, and we called it the Goats. Yep, I think that'd be pretty special. That'd be sick. Yeah, and we put Brady and um, if we put Brady and Michael together against or no Brady and Jeter. Would probably be it. I'm not sure, but I, the, Jordan the, brand. Yeah, the the goat edition would be pretty sick, and I'd love to do that at MJ's course. 
Ooh, that would be. I mean, you know, if you want to talk sick, let's go sick. Yeah, but you know, every producer starts with Leonardo DiCaprio, and they end up with a different actor. (laughs) 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 Do you know what I mean? I mean, Jesus Christ! I mean, you got to swing for the fences. Yeah, I mean, you got to swing for the fences, and you go down. I like that. Go down swinging. I call it like it is. We'd like to give a big shout out to our sponsor, Long Drink, the finished drink. And it definitely makes your drives go longer. You can get yours today at www.longdrink.com. Super refreshing. How many matches would you want to do in a year? I like doing two a year. year. I think it gets saturated if you do more than two a year. You know, when people talk about like events, they don't realize how hard it is to capture the American public. And if we did too many of these, I think it would get dilutive. So I like to pick windows in the television schedule where I can find an opening in sports. And right now there's not much going on. So Thursday night golf with these guys should do very well. And just like when we did one in December with Tiger and those guys, it did very well because of the night we choose. We really look for times in the calendar. And when we did the first one with you know, Tiger and Phil, that was during Thanksgiving. That was a really good date that Friday after Thanksgiving. And now the NFL is moving to Friday after thanks after Thanksgiving. So like we were ahead of the curve with that. All good, dude. Sorry about that. Man. Yeah, we, it's all good. So, you know, it really depends. This match is on what day we do it. Did you do Seminole? Would was, I do Seminole? Yeah. I did not do Seminole. That actually what was, was that? the first. That was NBC rushing to do a golf thing before us. I remember, I remember. And, and, and they didn't have it. And we killed them. And there was like three verse three or something? And it was just... DJ. It just didn't have the personalities. Yeah. You know, Charles Barkley and the team at Turner, they really do a good job. And they know how to produce sports in a way that makes it fun and entertaining, but at the same time brings out a competitive spirit. What about, what are your thoughts on the... T- what is the new league thing they're doing? Yeah, I don't know. It's I, Tigers, I haven't seen right? enough. Yeah, I haven't seen yeah. enough. I don't know what it is either, but I see they are like starting now or something, right? I saw some renderings. One of our producers is is working on it and it looks really cool, but I don't know until I see it live. So you know what? Now you got me thinking about this and this is, fuck, man, this would be amazing. How would you want to match it up if you were able to get the green light for live versus PGA? Would you do four versus four? Would you do two versus two? Like, how would you do it? I would probably make Brooks and Rory captains. And then I would draft a team (laughs) and I would sell the draft as a, you know, like a highlight of a show. And then I would, I would do probably four on four, break it up and figure out different versions of that format. I mean, I don't have it done in my head yet, Oh my god! but I I would make them captains and, you know, figure it out. I mean, I think that would be, I think that'd be really cool. Where, what course, if, if the courses were, if you could do anywhere, would you? Really depends on the time of year that we would do it. You know, I mean, obviously, I mean, I would love to do it at Riviera just because I'm a member there. And, <laughs> you know, it's Hollywood. And, you know, I think it's the best course in, you know, yeah. year round to play. And we could do it at any time there. But, you know, Florida would be good. Um, I don't know. How about this one as a golfer? What are your two or three, four or five favorite golf courses? Ever? Uh, Madison Club in Palm Springs. Number prob- one? Is probably number one. Yeah. Wow. What Mike Meldman's done for golf, I don't know if you guys know Mike Meldman, but he owns Discoveryland Company. Yeah. And what he's done for golf is actually really broken down the barriers. Uh, made it fun. Music and carts. 
tequila shots flying. How about t-shirt and shorts? T-shirt I mean, and shorts. Yeah, yeah. And he's broken down the country club model. Yeah. People do not want to be at stuffy places anymore. Those comfort stations, it's, man. Yeah, the comfort stations are great. Yeah. You know, listen, that's where I've made my relationships. Honestly, because of being a member at those clubs, I've gotten to meet people like Phil Mickelson. I've gotten to meet people like Steph Curry. I've gotten to meet guys that, you know, love golf and have a passion for golf, but also aren't at a stuffy place where they feel uncomfortable too. Right. Yeah. Have you heard of Punta Brava? I haven't. It's uh. I think Mike's involved too, but it's a course down in Mexico, maybe 60, 70 miles south of San Diego. And it's um, <clears throat> Kelly Slater, Steph, and like 30 or 40 other founding members. Mike's one of them. And it's a golf and surf club. Wow. Like spear fishing and jet ski. Well, that's good for you. Surf. Yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm on that early list. Yeah. Yeah. I've only that's played the summit. Cool. So I mean, summit's unbelievable. Yeah. What other courses are like? If you could play five courses the rest of your life, okay. what are the top five? I, I Madison, will, uh, Madison, Shinnecock. Shinnecock is is probably number cool as it gets. Cool as it, MJ's course, Grove, yeah, just yeah. for the hang and the experience. Yeah, uh, Riviera, the Grove, Madison Club, Shinnecock, and there's a course that I'm a member of, New York Liberty National. I know it's not. That's what I was going to say for that unmatched because the views would be crazy. But I just like it because it's cool. It's near the city. Yeah. It's nice. Take the ferry. Um, you see the whole skyline of the yeah, city as you nice. play golf. They have like a PGA tour events there and such, and you take the ferry from like the finance district. Correct. Yeah, it's unbelievable, and they let you do what you want there. You can be yeah. on your phone. I'm working. I, I got to take calls. I can't have my phone off for five hours and be with a bunch of insurance salesmen talking about golf and who made $100 in their, you know, uh, some <laughs> stupid putt. Right. It's just not me, dude. <laughs> like, I want to be with cool people having a good time gambling and, yeah. you know, enjoying themselves. I mean, I'm out here for four hours. We're going to all die, so you might as well have some fun. I don't want to be stuffy and fucked up. Where did you grow up in, the, in New York? I grew up on the Upper East Side. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You feel like what? What's your favorite? Is like Northeast golf your favorite type of style of golf or golf courses? Or I kind of like. I mean, I do name a couple East Coast golfs there with Shinnecock and Liberty, but I like the West Coast. West Coast. I'm a West Coast guy now. I hear that. You give me Riviera. You give me, you know, Bel Air. You know, and I'm I'm happy. We can play golf 365 days a year out there. Man, you ever play the farms? Phil's a member there. I have. Yeah, I played the farms with Phil. It's good. It's tight. Yeah, tight little course. Yeah, I like a little more wide open. <laughs> Same. What's your favorite part of your game? Uh, the drive. Drive? Yeah. You got to get the ball in play. Yeah, for sure. It's my worst glove. I think it's the most... Everyone says putt is the most... I actually think the new analytics of golf say driving is actually the most important part of golf because you're not set up to score. You're never going to be... You're never really going to be good. You're all, you'll always be scrambling if you can't hit your team. Exactly. You look at the best guys now. Rom is, a, you know, unbelievable driver. Rory's an unbelievable driver. Scheffler, their driving stats are insane. Even Brooks hits it far. You yeah. Know what I'm saying. Putting is more random. You know, yeah. I'll come out and play with you one day, and you're going to be like, BZ is the best putter I've ever seen. And then, you know, two weeks later, I'll play with you, and you'll be like, the guy can't putt. <laughs> putting is more random. Ball striking is more predictable you can control that yeah now obviously you, you got to work on your you need everything yeah you yeah, need, you need everything but I, yeah. I, for me i like the drive yeah i'm into ball striking well they say like golf is one sport and putting is another sport 
Exactly. It's just like a whole nother fucking putting. Even though putting is so important in the game, if I'm hitting the ball well, I'm going to feel good about myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, if you're knocking in seven footers for par and bogey every hole, you're going to leave like, what the fuck? Yeah, so I many mean, people it's still great, yeah. but it's like, it's but not you don't too, want that. It's not repeatable. Yeah. yeah. Right. And at some point, like the people who I do play against in matches where they're making six foot putts to like, tie or to push the hole or whatever for the first front nine i'm like there's no way they can keep doing it exactly like it's the, the wheels are gonna fucking fall off and when they do it's over exactly you can't put that yeah, much pressure exactly. on yourself exactly. for 18 holes exactly. to like have to make every seven foot putt like it's just not doable that's why i feel like for like and there's no knock to him because obviously major winner or whatever but like i feel like spieth who just doesn't hit the ball far but who's quote-unquote a good putter it still doesn't really stand a chance against a guy like Rory or Brooks or he's hitting on the, the ball day 50, to day. 60 yards. Exactly, exactly. Past him, no matter if if he was hitting the ball the best he could, he's, there's still going to be 30, 40 yards past him. Very now simple. Putting is like... Would you rather play a par three from 130 yards or 150 yards? 130 all day. Exactly. So how do you play from 130? You got to hit the ball farther. Yep. So it's really about the, the statistics of golf come down to where you place the ball in the fairway and how far you place the ball because it's much harder to score from way back. And so... Some people are just so damn good. Like Tiger, it doesn't matter where the fuck the ball is. Two 250 lift hold, 110, 42 yards. Like it just... just and you're talking old. about Beethoven. I know this is a golf show and everything is about golf, but I mean, are there any other sporting live, live sporting events that you'd like to do match-wise that aren't related to golf? Um, I thought about it. Honestly, no. I really think you can't do it. Good for you. I challenge anybody to do it. And I'm actually writing an op-ed in The Athletic that'll be printed next week about it. Um, because you, if you're playing basketball, we can't really mic you up and talk to you. You're in a game. You're, you're reacting. Mm -hmm. Golf, we have multiple minutes to get to the hole so Charles Barkley, your host, can engage you and talk to you. What are you gonna, and, and when you do it in tennis, you hear them huffing and puffing. I don't want to hear someone go, ah, ah. then you know they're in an exhibition. Well, what do you think about celebrity boxing? Like these, these, these. I mean, these... I think they're good one-offs. Like I think if, if Zuckerberg fights Elon Musk, it's going to be the be biggest crazy. thing in the yeah. world. Sure. I'd love to produce that. Did you see Elon's? <laughs> Did you see? <laughs> I'll produce. I mean, yeah. I'd no, like to I mean... see Trump fight, you know, Biden. I'll oh, produce man. that too. You know what I'm saying? Did I'll you see anything? You know, but what's feasible to produce? But right. did you see Elon Musk's jujitsu training today? Yeah, I think they're going to do it. Holy I actually shit, think this fight dude. is going to happen. I, I said it on my show last week. I didn't think, like, he's throwing somebody pretty, like, legit. And he's on top. crazy. I don't know if that's Well, Musk no, weighs, bro, Musk weighs like, 230. And I think... 250. 250. And, and Mark weighs, like, 150. No, no. Mark is probably, like, 180. Nah, I don't know. Okay, but still, that's a huge 70 pound difference. Yeah, so they got to figure that out. But and I think if they figure it out and these guys get into the <laughs> ring and they have a good undercard, massive. I think it's going to be massive. massive. And I think they're going to raise a lot of money for charity. So that I'd love to fucking produce. But besides some spectacle like that, which is really hard to do, golf is the best sport for producing celebrity entertainment. No, I get it. That's right. So you would definitely do Putin versus Trump, though? A hundred percent. Golf. I'd do it in anything. <laughs> fucking arm wrestling. Or Putin and Trump versus, you know, Obama and, uh, 
you know, Biden, sure, let's go. Do you think it's a space for like, um, <laughs> like, obviously not as not as a bigger field of a, a regular PGA event, but like something like a like the ACC, if they did it a better way in different versions, do you think there's a place for that in on TV or whatever, like having like a mini celebrity tour for basketball? No golf. Meaning. Like I mean, what? like three or four events a year, opposed to like with celebrities. Yeah, I don't know. It depends on your on your scope. If you're trying to get Capital One and do what we're doing like this, no. If you're doing it on YouTube and you can find different avenues of success, yeah. yes. Um, it's just not where my mind goes, but I do think there is a opportunity for that, but it's just not. How I think. No, absolutely. Okay, so why'd you choose 12 holes instead of 18 or 9? Because people get bored. Honestly. I mean... So why not 9 then? Because it's too short. 6 or 6. 6. I mean, so I, it, was a, it was actually a medium. So there still needs to be a competition. So I think 12 gives you enough of a competition without losing your audience. You're out there for 18 holes. We're dying. No, I, I mean, no offense. I, I watch my outside. shows. I go back and watch them and I'm like, you know, I'm bored. Yeah. So if I'm bored, then the audience is going to be bored. And I love this thing. So you make adjustments. So I call the, you know, team up at Turner and I'm like, I think we got to like make some changes. Let's make this shorter. Let's figure this out. Why do we have to do 18 holes? What? Cause some guy in Ireland said it like a hundred years ago. That means there's no rules to anything. No, we're making entertainment. So why don't we make it? Look what's happening in baseball. They're making great changes in baseball. They're making the game shorter. Attendance is up 10%. TV ratings are up 15% because of these changes. So why not change things for the better? What is the point of being a traditionalist? Just right. for tradition? I agree. Yeah, I agree I with that. I think it's even 12 holes makes it easier for the kids. Like, have a kids match or getting kids involved. Playing six holes in an hour and a half opposed to playing six holes in two and a half hours or nine holes in two and a half hours and they're out there five hours. Like, they're never good. Their attention span is... They can't handle it. No way. So that's why golfers are very introspective because most golfers, in order to be successful at golf at a young age, you literally have to be an introverted person. Yeah. Phil was the opposite of that or the rare opposite of that. But if you look at 99% of the tour, they will put you to sleep. Because of how they were going to, you guys play basketball and football. You got to deal with other people. Yeah. You got to communicate. You got to talk. In golf, you're in your own head. It's very individual. So the reason, and then they had the Ryder Cup where they become teams so they get a little more out of it. And that's what people started to like. So, but you can't do the Ryder Cup every week. It happens. Right. It's really good because it happens every two years. Scarcity also makes things more valuable. So doing leagues where you're going to do eh, to me it's hard right. that doesn't mean i don't encourage it i'd like to see somebody do it in a way that shows me a way that's going to get my attention but that's just how my brain thinks absolutely so <clears throat> you remember riviera madison club the grove no liberty and liberty. plantation plantation nice four i saw you at the grove with phil and them one day yeah the fucking shit show who was i with phil and was it i mean everyone was out there ricky and obama and yeah we played Justin. With, it was like a big group yeah we were trying to do an obama thing yeah obama and, and, loves uh, golf 
what's his name? Uh, one of those brothers, um, Charlie and Phil were gambling. Charlie. Uh, oh, Charlie's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. Grace. Charlie, yeah, yeah. Grace. Charlie yeah, Grace. Grace. Yeah, he's yeah. a good dude. I like and, him a lot. And I think he Phil played last because like I stopped. They played thirty six. I went in. Uh, yeah. It's like I got enough guys. I got shit. That was shit a lot of action. <laughs> yeah, a lot day. of action. Thirty six yeah. a lot, dude. Thirty six is too much. Yeah, that was fun. I think Charlie beat him. Damn, that beat him. And then Phil got him back the next day, recruited Rory, Mm -hmm. and he played like Charlie and Ricky versus him and Rory, and they wiped him up. Phil, after after this match, you guys were in the, in the, in the like, eating area or whatever and Phil just fucking stands up and it's like I fucking hate losing like I can't even look at any of you I hate losing like I just want to address it like I'm really upset that I just lost and Charlie's like well should we you know pay up do you want to pay up or do you want to just let it roll until tomorrow and Phil's like we're letting it roll yeah <laughs> like I'm not paying you shit we'll play again tomorrow Man, let me how hard do you think it would be to get Obama to sign a contract for, for it's a hard it's impossible I mean it's it's possible and impossible at the same time he loves golf. Yeah. He's obsessed with golf. So I think he'd love to do it. But when you deal with politicians and everything, it's just, there's so much more involved in making Yeah, I think about Secret Service and shit like that. Yeah, it'd be tough, man. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool, though. Yeah, yeah. it would be cool. You never know. Let's see that'd what happens. That'd be amazing. We'd raise, Obama, a lot of, we'd raise a lot of money for charity. Obama versus Trump? No spectators. That would, I, I, <laughs> he would never do that, but I would love <laughs> to do that. that would I would love sick. to do that. That'd be sick. I'd I mean, Trump right before Trump goes to jail. Yeah, <laughs> Trump saying he's what a four handicap. <laughs> we do it the night before he goes away to jail. The last thing that Trump wants. What do you want, Trump? I want to beat Obama in golf. Let's go. <laughs> you can't cheat. Yeah, can't cheat. And on that note, this is the world famous Bar Three. We thank you all for showing up. We have Jr. Smith, Ben Baller, myself, and Brian Zurf. Brian, thank you so appreciate much, man. You, man. Hey, I appreciate you. it. Let's go, Brian.